Well, hi guys. Alex McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. Hey, Danny. Hey, Al. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. This is TPS report for. Oh shoot! I just pressed a button I didn't need to press on my watch and triggered a shortcut. Uh, this is TPS report for Monday, December fifth, two thousand and twenty-two. It's good to be back. Got a lot to talk it about tonight. Great. Before we get to anything, though, guess what today is? Today, New word Monday. Well, I mean, it is Monday, obviously, but today is Diamond Dave's birthday. I said New Word Monday. New Word Monday. We learn new words on Mondays. Apparently, you don't come to my classes because you don't know that we learn new words on Mondays. No. <laughs> no, I had no idea about that. Uh, no, it's Diamond Dave's birthday. What's going on? Dave's in the chat. What's up, Dave? Happy birthday, brother. Hi, honey, honey. Happy birthday. By the way, you can find Dave, J.D. Bowen. You can find him over on Amazon, and you can uh, purchase his uh, books over there for your Kindle, your e-books. Uh, there is a fourth to the series, which isn't listed there at the moment, but will be shortly. J.D. Bowen. Um, give Dave a... <laughs> give Dave happy a birthday, little, honey, honey. Happy birthday, Dave. Give Dave an early birthday present. Go buy a go buy a couple of his books and uh, yes. check out his uh check out his um authoring. Okay. Look at this. What is happening there? Empty chat. It, it needs somebody to say something for it to fill in. Which is uh I don't know. It's it's an odd glitch, I guess. There you annoying. go. Fill in. Thank you, Danny. You're um welcome. Yeah, the first time I switched to it after going live, it needs to be kicked into gear. But we have everybody there, including the Rumble, the Rumblers. Although it's yeah, weird we because Rumble, you notice Rumble doesn't pick up people's avatars. Yes. It's just a, uh, it's just the uh, silhouette. But that's okay. Well, we got everybody in the chat, Facebook, Because when you show up for a Rumble, you want to be incognito. That's right. Uh, Cameron Anderson's here. What's up, Cam? Hey, Cam. Jake Kukin over there on Rumble. What's up, Jake? What's up, Jake? There's Jeff Kukin. What's up, Jeff? Back to City. Back uh, yeah, Kent Stay just wanted to say hi. There's hey, Janine. Hey, Janine. Good to see hey, you. Peggy Brown is here. What's up, Peggy? Hey, Peggy. The aforementioned Diamond Dave, the, the, the creator, the creator of Dave Bear, which yeah, he is, is. Uh, right there. Uh, Katie Mannery is here. What's up, Katie? Hey, Katie. There's Bill Campbell. What's up, Bill? Semper hey, Fi, brother. Holly Ellison. What's up, Holly? Good Hello, to see sister. you. Just for fun radio in the house. Um, uh, is that, I think that's everyone. Janine. Uh, yep. Saw Janine. Said hi to Janine. I think that's everyone right now. If you're watching, say hi in the chat. If you're on Rumble, click the live chat or chat live, whatever it is button, which apparently doesn't work on... Um, Apparently doesn't work on Android, which sucks. But if you're on iOS or if you're on the web, click live chat. Come into the chat and say hi. There's uh, there's Joy. What's going on, Hello, Joy? Sister. Thank you for tuning in. Good to see you. Facebook folks, Diamond Dave says thanks for the birthday wishes. Yeah, there you go. Tell Faith. Well, you just told them yourself, Dave. They can see your comment on the screen. So oh, yeah. there yeah. you go. Um how do you say that name? Which, I don't know what name you're saying. The the last person that said hi. I don't know. LWS Ledge. LW Sledge? LW Sledge. I don't know. We're butchering that. I'm certain. Forgive us. Um, 
But hi, welcome. Thank you for being here. We've got a lot to talk about. Well, we don't. We have one thing right, to we're talk, talk about. talk about a lot. But it's a lot. And we need to start. We need to start with a quick reminder. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise, uh, the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech uh, or of the uh, of the press or Christ I'm butchering the first amendment or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress, redress of grievances first amendment of the united states of america we're talking about this right up front because it's important to understand that this does not grant you these rights. It does not grant you the right of freedom of speech. You you had the right, right of free speech. That restricts the government from impeding on your right to free speech. That matters tonight. With everything we're going to talk about, that's the that is the most important thing to take away from this evening. Because listen, we've talked about we're going to run some videos while we go through this. So these are videos that we've played in the past. These were all in my archive. Most of them were in my archive, and we're going to revisit a couple of them. But what we're going to talk about tonight is very important. And and it's just further confirmation of what we, quite frankly, what we already knew. But we now have confirmation from the source, from Twitter right. themselves. Elon Musk obviously has taken over Twitter. Elon Musk unveils the 2020 Twitter censorship machine. We're going to get to the tweets. We're going to get to the Twitter files themselves in a moment. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, and an independent journalist, Matt Taibbi. 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 I'm going to butcher that all night long. Just don't so read it. Forgive just... me. I'm just calling Matt. <laughs> journalist Matt on Friday unveiled what drove former Twitter executives to suppress the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story in the weeks leading up to the 2020 presidential election. Dubbed the Twitter files, Taibbi published his report. Yeah, thank you. Pub nailed it. Published his report in a thread on his Twitter account, which he said was based on thousands of internal documents obtained by sources from the social media platform. Taibbi's a journalist, um, also an author. He worked in conjunction with Elon Musk to present this documentation. I'm guessing Elon chose him for a reason to present this, Danielle. I'm not sure what that reason is. Do you know anything about Taibbi's background? I know a lot about Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is, he is a, I don't like him. I find him very annoying, but I think he's a brilliant journalist. He is a, I would say he is a left-leaning social liberal. Okay. Um, I know that he worked for, I believe, Rolling Stone for a while, um, but he was outcast by the left because he started questioning their lunacy. Okay. But he is a 
you know, one of these guys who I believe is a probably a classic liberal. And I mean, it's become cliche to say, but things are cliche for a reason. The left left him. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was one of those that didn't, okay. you know, snatch up the flag. So the left is mad at yeah. him. Well, and here's the thing. It matters who Elon chose to work with to present this information. Had it come from, I don't know, I'm just going to, I'm going to say Alex Jones, for example, had Elon got in touch with Alex Jones, sent him all this data and said, hey, Alex, present this to the world, no one would have taken it seriously. Right. Or at least no one in the media would have taken it seriously. Not that they're probably paying right. much attention to this as it is. But he worked with, he chose Matt intentionally to present this information. So let's get into this. Let's get into the Twitter files. This is the thread from Matt Taibbi. Um, the Twitter, number one, the Twitter files. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of human built of a human built mechanism grown out the control of its designer. In other words, it got out of hand and, uh, even the uh, even the the owners couldn't uh, couldn't control it. Number four, Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often then constantly. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The team would come back handled. Celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. This is from the DNC. I grabbed the first one under uh, for to safety uh, under SI, don't know what that means, defer to safety on the high-profile second one. These are requests for takedowns of James, real James Woods. That's why they say defer to safety on the high-profile second one, because it's James Woods. And then some random account that posted something the folks at the DNC didn't like. Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, this system was not balanced. It was based on contacts. Because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation, there were more channels, more ways to complain, open to the left, 
well, Democrats, than the right. And here's an example of um, political spending by uh, Twitter employees to the political parties. You can see it was only 0.27% to Republicans in 2022, a total of $451, as opposed to uh, 165000 a million dollars to Democrats in um in uh, sorry 2022 a million in 2020 14,000 1.53% to republicans let's come back to this in a sec actually let's uh, let's keep going just for a minute the resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high-level executives. I, mean, I don't need to read that. Number 16, the Twitter files, part one, how and why they blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story. On October 14th, 2020, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Twitter took the extraordinary step to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto reserved for extreme cases, e.g. child pornography. White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed, at least pretend to care, for the next 20 days. Here's a copy of that email. Kaylee McElhaney has been locked out from her account for simply talking about the New York Post story. All she did was cite the story and firsthand reporting that has been reported by other outlets and not disputed by the Biden campaign. I need an answer immediately on when slash how she will be unlocked. I also don't appreciate how nobody on this team called me regarding the news that you'll be censoring news articles. Like I said, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. It's interesting how that first email for uh, pointing out real James, James Woods Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So amazing how that was replied to almost immediately and handled right. almost immediately. Whereas the uh, obviously the Trump campaign didn't get that kind of... Uh, didn't get that kind of response. So why did they, let's, before we go any further, let's answer the question, why did they block the Hunter Biden laptop story, Danielle? Well, because it was mere weeks before an election and it was damaging to the, uh, to Joe to Biden's son. Yes. And they had a lot of help in, they had a lot of help in blocking this. We had, uh, we, we've heard Jen Psaki talk about in fact let's look at that first no we won't i don't want to jump around we've heard jen saki talk about working with twitter right flagging posts for twitter telling twitter what they need and what they don't need this is what jen saki tweeted about the story hunter biden's story is russian disinfo dozens of former intel officials say she's referring to a story from Politico where these spies who are listed in this New York Post story all lied, knowingly lied about the Hunter Biden laptop story in order to make sure that it was suppressed before the 2020 election. This was an intentional effort by these people. 
many of whom who work for the government. This one absolutely worked for the government at the time. Remember back to the First Amendment, folks. Remember that what she did here, what these these emails asking, these emails from government, doesn't have to be an elected official, anyone that works for government sending an email to Twitter asking them to censor information is a direct violation of the law. The First Amendment prevents these people from doing this, but they chose to do it anyway. The mainstream media helped Twitter make their decision, Danielle. Biden secret emails. A really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmark, hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Or Russian. Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. That's the media response, Danielle to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Bearing in mind that the First Amendment exists, this started to raise questions, not only among people like us, commentators, it started to raise questions even inside of Twitter. Number 20, this led public policy executive Caroline Storm to send out a polite WTF query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms slash policy teams who had little slash less control over moderation and the trust safety trust teams. I think that's meant to say than the safety trust teams. Hey, team, are you able to take a closer look here? They wanted to find out what was why was Kaylee McElhaney now banned from her account? At the request of, we know the FBI was working with Twitter. We know the FBI had warned Twitter, be on the lookout for this story or a story. It's going to be Russian disinformation. We need it suppressed. Again, a blatant violation of the law, a blatant violation of the First Amendment. Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for a violation of the company's hacked materials policy. Hi, Caroline. Thanks for reaching out to us. Per checking, the user was bounced by site integrity for violating our hacked materials policy, adding them here for further insight and guidance. We know the laptop wasn't hacked. We know that it was left by Hunter Biden at a repair shop. We knew this information at that time, because the, the man that owned the laptop, the, the, the computer repair shop, had come forward. He had done an interview. We knew this wasn't hacked. Twitter knew it wasn't hacked. But Twitter was ideologically driven here. Number 22. 
Although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. Now, Matt Taibbi saying that... Um, The while several sources record, it, record hearing about a general warning from the FBI, Matt Taibbi saying that he found no evidence whatsoever that the FBI had warned them about this. Right. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, with former head of legal policy and trust Vijay Gadi playing a key role. They just freelanced it, is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold. But no one had the guts to reverse it. They were in too deep now. They'd already banned the New York Post. They'd already suppressed a remarkably important story that we know would have affected the outcome of the election. We know right. it would because there was that poll. And what was it, 30%, three out of 10 Biden voters said it may, it, it would have. I don't think it was that high. I think it was 70%, but I think it was enough which is 14%, something like that. But it was enough. It was enough that it would, had they voted swing, the other way, states. it would have yes. swung the election for certain. Yes. You can see the follow, the confusion in the following lengthy exchange. Which, en which ends up including Gotti and former trust and safety chief Yoel Roth. Comms officer, official Trenton Kennedy writes, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. And I think the best explainability argument for this externally would be that we're waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We'll face hard questions on this if we don't have some kind of solid reasoning for making the link unsafe. Katie Rose, uh, Roseborough, will we also mark similar stories as unsafe? These are now Twitter employees realizing, oh shit, I think maybe we went too far here. And they're reaching out to their, their bosses effectively, Vijay Gadi, Yol Roth, they're reaching out to try and get some guidance. What can we do? How can we walk this back? Because we can't explain this. But they're in too deep. And we know what Vijaya Gadi's like. We know that she doesn't give a shit. Nope. She, has, she doesn't care about the Constitution. She's one of those... She's one of those... The First Amendment is not absolute, people. I agree, it's not absolute. But this was absolute. This situation was absolute. When Twitter have portals set up specifically for government to reach out to them to take down speech, there's no more absolute than that. And every right. government official that did this, every elected official that availed themselves of these, these portals, these systems, at the very least should be fired. At the very worst, they should be tried. They should be prosecuted for their violations of civil rights. Because that's what we're talking about here. The wholesale violation of civil rights. By this point, everyone knew 
this was fucked, said one former employee. But the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. Yol Roth. The policy basis is hacked materials, though, as discussed, this is an emerging situation where the facts remain unclear. The facts remain unclear, and yet they erred on the side of censorship, Danielle. Given right. the severe risks here and the lessons of 2016, the severe risk he's talking about there is the risk of Donald Trump being reelected. Right. The severe risk here and the lesson of 2016 were erring on the side of including a warning and preventing this content from being amplified. The head of, this is one of the trust and safety leadership telling everyone that because we don't want Trump reelected, we're going to suppress this story at the behest of government. We're going to ban the, uh, we're going to ban the communications director of the Trump team because of this story. We're going to ban the New York post because of this story. And we don't care what the law is. We don't care what the First Amendment says. We're a private company. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Vijay Gadi, what is the warning that will come up? Your Roth, new. When you click the link, you'll see the generic unsafe URL message. Reference spam, malware, and violations of the Twitter rules. Not ideal, but it's the only thing we have. It's amazing. In, it is amazing. In Plunkett, new. Whatever we do in the comms, this will become a bias claim for Jack pre-hearing immediately. Let's make it clear we're proactively but cautiously interpreting this through the lens of our hacked materials policy and allowing the link with the warning and significant reduction of spread. This is an admission that they knew they were not supposed to. They had no policy reason. For, for suppressing this story, they had purely ideological reasons, given the severe risks here and the lessons of 2016. That is a direct reference to Donald Trump being elected. Former VP of Global Comms Brandon Borman asks, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, i.e. as part of our approach to addressing potentially hacked materials? We are limiting visibility of related stories on Twitter while our investigation is ongoing. But they weren't. They weren't limiting the visibility of that story. That's a move to try to cover their ass. Should we start to limit other stories so that we have some cover? We can say, well, it wasn't just that. There was other stuff we were limiting at the same time. To which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker, again, seems to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked. At this stage, however, it is reasonable for us to assume that they may have been. Even though the store owner had come out, even though the FBI had by, at this point confirmed that this laptop was at the shop, that he had offered the FBI the hard drives and the FBI refused them. Let's not forget that there was absolutely no evidence that this was hacked material. 
There are some facts that indicate the materials may have been hacked, while there are others indicating that the computer was either abandoned and or the owner consented to allow the repair shop to access it for at least some purposes. We simply need more information. Jim Baker, by the way, a name that pops up over and over through Russia, 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 through Trump's impeachments. Jim Baker's name is there front and center all the time. And of course, Jim Baker is up to his nuts in this story. A fundamental problem with tech companies and content, mo content moderation. Many people in charge of speech know or care little about speech and have to be told the basics by outsiders to wit. In one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Gadi to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash re-speech. Khanna was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. Generating huge backlash on Hill re-speech. Happy to chat if you're up for it. Best, Ro. A lot of respect to Ro Khanna for even considering that this might violate the law right. for even considering that this may be a violation of the first amendment. Very telling though, that Roe was the only Democrat to reach out, to ask questions. Why are we suppressing this story? Gotti replies quickly, immediate, of course, they reply to Democrats immediately, Danielle, as opposed to the Republican teams. Right. Gotti right. replies quickly, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware that Khan is more worried about the Bill of Rights, because, as I said, Vijaya Gotti could give a shit about the Constitution. Hi, Congressman Khanna, thank you for reaching out, and we appreciate the heads up. We put out a clarifying thread of tweets earlier this evening to explain our policy around the posting of private information and linking directly to hacked materials. The press secretary's account was not permanently suspended. We requested that she delete the tweet containing material that is in violation of our rules and her account is restricted until she complies. I'd be happy to jump off on the phone if helpful. This is that backhanded slap that Twitter would give you. Oh, we need you to learn a lesson from this. We need you to delete the tweet and acknowledge that you did something wrong because you're a naughty little boy, or in this case, a naughty little girl. Well, and it's interesting that Vijaya says we requested that she delete the tweet and that her account is suspended until she does. Right. That's not a request. No, it's that's not a request. ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why the New York Post uh, sorry, that's why. Yeah, it was the post. Yeah, there and a bunch of people recently. I think um, the uh, what's that satire site? Da the Daily, not the B. Um, oh, the Onion. No, it's it's no. it's the uh, Babylon B. Babylon B. Yeah. The Babylon B. They were in the same position. Oh. They posted something, and Twitter said you're suspended until you delete the tweet. Yeah, no, that's it's not. That's that is an ultimatum. You're Can absolutely we say right. what they posted? I don't recall what it was. Do you? It was the, yeah, the, um, 
what's his name? The the tranny. Oh um, yes, the health uh, and human services guy. Yeah, the the they tranny named, secretary. They named her their man of the year. That's right. That's right. They fucking did. That and Twitter a- called that misgendering. Yeah, they did. Um, number 32 kind of tries to rewrite the conversation to the first amendment mention of which is generally hard to find in the files. Rokana to to Vijaya Gotti Rokana, uh, sorry, um, hope you're well Vijaya, but this seems a violation of first amendment principles. If there is a hack of classified information or other information that would expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think that the New York Times should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided the hack, which is absolutely correct. And not only not only correct insofar as free speech, it's perfectly legally correct. This is why very few, this is why until Barack Obama, journalists were never prote- uh, uh, prosecuted under right. the Espionage Act. So to restrict the distribution of material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in keeping of the principles of uh, MYTV Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong, but the story now has become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails, and it's become a bigger deal than it would have. By the way, don't imagine Ro Khanna thinks they are relatively innocuous anymore. Not anymore. Nope. It's also now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which, uh, many of which would have been a mistake. I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news and your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance. But in the heat of a presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if the New York Post is far right, like that's a justification for restricting them. Seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Please keep this communication between just us and Jack and no need to CC the team or forward them. Didn't the row probably didn't think this was going to come out at some point, but here it is. But that's Rokana trying to explain to Vijaya Gadi, who has no interest in the constitution, that this is in fact a constitutional issue. And that what you are, in fact, doing is a violation of the law. Within a day, head of public policy Lauren Culberson receives a ghastly letter uh, from Carl Zabo of the research from NetChoice, which had already polled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans and three Democrats from the House Judiciary Committee. Lauren, yesterday's Net Choices Chris Marchese, yesterday Net Choices Chris Marchese met formally with nine Republicans and three Democratic House staffers to gather intel about Facebook and Twitter and the uh, New York Post stories. The staffers hail from the House Judiciary Committee to rep choose Ju- uh, Judy office. I Net Choice lets Twitter know a bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings with members saying it's a tipping point, complaining tech has grown so big that they can't even regulate themselves. So government may have to intervene. 
High level takeaway. Every Republican said this is a tipping point. It's just too much. And both Democrats and the Republicans were angry. <coughs> There's a number of reasons to be angry, uh, Danielle. This this has been going on for a long time. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID Community Corps to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. Sure. Well, last July, I, I, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis and disinformation while also... That's the White House condoning the censorship of Joe Rogan on Spotify. That was also the White House explaining how they flag posts on social media for, well, for their purposes, quite frankly. This isn't the first time this New York Post story isn't the first time this has happened, but this is a tipping point, Danielle. Smazo reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the, la the laptop story as tech's access, ho pardon me, access Hollywood moment. The First Amendment isn't absolute. Sabo's letter contains chilling passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation, and as for the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. To Democrats, meanwhile, the Democrats, meanwhile, complained that the companies are inept. They let conservatives muddy the water and make the Biden campaign look corrupt, even though Biden is innocent. They linked this to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. She did nothing wrong. Okay. Okay. But because the press wouldn't let the story go, it became a scandal far out of proportion. In their minds, social media is doing the same thing. It doesn't moderate enough harmful content. So when it does, like it did yesterday, it becomes a story. If the companies moderated more... Conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, or otherwise. The Democrats were in agreement. Social media needs to moderate more because they're corrupting democracy and making all truth relative. When pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, they demurred the First Amendment isn't absolute. This is congressional Democrats saying that social media needs to suppress even more information. In fact, suppression of information needs to become the new normal 
so that people simply accept it when it happens and it doesn't become a story. These are the Democrats in Congress, in America, in 2022. An amazing subplot of the Twitter Hunter Biden laptop affair was how much was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get unfucked, as one ex-employee put it, even after Dorsey jumped in. I believe that's the end, Danielle, of this initial dump. There's other information. There are supplements to this coming out um, almost on a daily basis with additional details. This isn't the end of the Twitter files. This is just part one of the Twitter files. It's going to go a lot deeper than this. Jack Dorsey didn't know about this until very late in the day. Go ahead. I'm sorry. To me, that's the only thing that's surprising. And you said this at the beginning of the show. We knew without verification, all of this, like Vijaya Gotti's attitude in this we saw it. We've seen it in every interview that you see with her. This is exactly how she comes across. Right. You know, every bit of this we knew, but exactly like you said in your intro, now we have proof. And to me, the only surprising thing is that Jack Dorsey wasn't part of it. Right. I am gobsmacked that he wasn't part of it. Not that he wouldn't have been. He just wasn't. Because he was in trouble for other stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I I was a bit surprised by it that Jack Dorsey wasn't aware that any of this was going on. Yep. I was surprised that Jack Dorsey had relinquished that much power to effectively foreign nationals. Vijaya Gaudi... She's as American as I am. Right. Meaning I'm not, um, I consider myself an American, but I'm not an American. I'm a British citizen. She may be an American citizen, but she's a foreign national. She does. I, I have far more of an appreciation of the Constitution and the rule of law as that woman. And I'll tell you, go on. No, go ahead. Because okay. I'm just going to rant. And I'll tell you how. Kanye West just got banned from Twitter, just got suspended from Twitter because he posted uh, he posted a picture that included a swastika. And I tweeted Elon Musk and I said, while what he said and what he did is absolutely despicable, all it did was expose Elon for the for the what all it did was discredit the free speech absolutist narrative that right. Elon Musk tries to uh, tries to portray. There was no need, there was no reason to ban him for that. If you want to, if I, if I want to post a picture of something distasteful 
I composed it. Let's listen. Let's watch this real quick. Uplift. Facebook has temporarily changed its terms of service to allow for calls of violence against Russians. At least they're not praising Nazis or anything, but wait, they're actually allowing that too. Emails show that Meta would also allow the praise of the right wing Azov Battalion, which is normally prohibited. Facebook will allow praise of the Azov Battalion when explicitly or exclusively praising their role in defending Ukraine. So who is the Azov Battalion? Sometimes it's okay to praise Nazis if you're doing it in support, for example, of Ukraine. Other times, it's obviously verboten to praise Nazis if you're Kanye West in a gimp mask who's now on a mission to destroy the Republican Party which you would think Democrats would appreciate, but they still they still align him with the right, and therefore, you know, he, he has to be struck down and punished. I mean, let's be clear. Praising Nazis should be frowned upon. Of course it should. It's despicable. Right. But it, I listen, I would rather know who's praising the Nazis than yes. for them to live yes. in the shadows. And I think the best way, and you and I talked about this off air. I think that Kanye, that yay, don't mean to dead name, um, is in the middle of a mental breakdown yep. that in the, it has been acknowledged in the past when it fits the narrative of the media and whomever is talking about him at the time that he has, there is ample evidence that he has mental health issues but nobody wants to acknowledge that now because it's more fun to make fun of his breakdown and to sort of hold his, I don't even know the word for it, to hold his... Um, it's not just acknowledge it, they actively deny it. Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC, his, he said, no, we've these, these, these so-called mental issues have never been diagnosed they've never been documented he's implying that they're just completely fake listen there are plenty of people that deny the holocaust the holocaust isn't about race no no it's well, not about maybe race. There are plenty of anti-Semitic, but it's it's not horrific about race. people in Hollywood. It's not about race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. Good morning and welcome to the view. Um, you plenty of people, plenty of people say despicable things. The point is they don't all get banned. Whoopi Goldberg didn't get banned from social media for coming out as a Jew-hating bitch. Right. She's still got her platform. She's still a, a tool for the left. But that's because she's a tool for the left. I'm glad Elon Musk is doing this. I'm glad that he's allowing this information to come to light. It's important because let's go all the way back to the beginning. The First Amendment is the governing law of the land. And it matters. And it has been system systemically violated by both sides. Let's not forget the Trump team were also reaching out to have information suppressed. 
Right. Not at the same volume as the left, but they were absolutely doing it. Well, they may well have been reaching out in the same volume as the left. They just didn't have the tools that the left did to to have their requests executed. Right. Right. But when you were talking about Vijaya Gotti, we talked about this. Uh, you and I did when she was on Rogan, and there were a couple of other interviews that she did, and it flew all over me to listen to that woman talk about my First Amendment and my First Amendment rights and the way that she just discounted them and dismissed them and acted like it was okay for her to make decisions. And, you know, when they questioned her about what it was that caused somebody to be removed and you know, suspended and completely removed from Twitter. She sort of gave this offhanded, like, you know, it's like pornography. We'll know it when we see it. Like we can't define it because if she tried to define it, then other posts would have fallen within those confines. And so she wouldn't have been able to defend suspending, you know, executing the suspensions that they had executed and not having executed other suspensions. Right. And it just flew all over me that, like you said, this non-American was just so flippant and so disrespectful yeah. about our First Amendment. Like, she did not give a fuck. No, couldn't give about, a shit. But neither about could... this amendment that makes us who we are. But neither could government. Neither could government. The Trump, the Trump team, he was president of the United States right. and the Trump team was reaching out to Twitter to get information suppressed. The Democrats overwhelmingly reaching out to Twitter and to YouTube and to Facebook to get information suppressed. We've had confirmation of this. We, we've got right. we've got Jen Psaki confirming it happened. We we had the poor member I I, I brought up the gov Facebook government portal live on this show. Well, we know that, and again in dribs and drabs and in separate pieces, we know that the the current White House brought in TikTok influencers to disseminate information over TikTok, and we know that TikTok is influenced by you know, whatever the branch of the the Chinese disinformation is, you know, we we know that now. So and we know that that this White House wouldn't do anything about TikTok, even though we know and the FBI has told us that TikTok poses huge security risks. Yeah. And the White House won't do anything about it. And we know why. They love TikTok. They are using TikTok's TikTok. used as a tool against Republicans. Yes. We talked about that. What was it, Thursday? Yeah. And we know that they brought in TikTokers to get their message out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had them that in the was White over House. Christmas. Yep. Yeah. La a year ago, last Christmas. Yep. The just the wholesale violations of the law here are despicable. When now, when somebody says to me, your First Amendment doesn't exist on social media, I'm just going to laugh in their faces at this point. Right. Because it is undeniable that social media is simply 
and expansion of the arm of government. It's undeniable. Right. Government is or was directing social media to a point that it affected the or potentially affected the outcome of an election. The, li- I mean, the head of Twitter had nothing to do with it. What Jack Dorsey was doing, I'm not sure. Probably off on Epstein Island. I don't know that he hasn't been there. Come at me. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is how people do news these days. Oh, we can't confirm he wasn't there. Therefore, he must have been there. That's how it works. That's what they're doing with. That's what Lawrence, Lawrence O'Donnell. Kanye West is the worst super, the worst, uh, what was he called it? The worst extremist, the worst uh, Holocaust denier that Donald Trump has ever had dinner with. It was what he said. Yeah, they had dinner over a week ago before Kanye said the ridiculous things that he'd said. He had made some anti-Semitic comments in the past and Trump shouldn't have had him at dinner anyway. But you know what? He's been to dinner with the Obamas. He sat down with Jay-Z and Beyonce. I'm sure that Trump has probably had dinner with much bigger exactly. It's like I said. Than him. It's like I said. He's friends with most of Hollywood, except right. f- except for uh, Taylor Swift. That's that's guess. Mind you, he's beefing. Kanye's beefing with just about everybody. Yeah, no, it's a it's a straw man, Danielle. They're right. they're gonna link now. Yes. They're gonna use Kanye to to discredit all conservatives. You know, y'all, y'all accepted, you and I didn't, we didn't accept Kanye into the fold. Remember when he first sat down with Trump? We, we were very cautious about we gave it. it. hell, yeah. Very cautious about it. What am I doing? I'm pressing the wrong buttons, left, right, and center here. We said, we said over and over that, um, listen, Kanye's just like, Kanye's not a Republican, just like, Elon Trump isn't a Republican. And I said it won't be long before Elon, before uh, Elon, Elon Musk. I know, what the hell are you saying? I know. He's not, uh, just like Elon Musk isn't a Republican. And Donald Trump isn't a Republican. Sure, sure. Kanye's not a Republican. I said it won't be long before Elon gets into the censorship game. And it happened last week. They banned, they banned Kanye West for what he said. I get it. It was absolutely despicable, but we're allowed to say despicable things. Simple as that. He posted a picture that included a swastika. We're allowed to do that. I've posted a picture of Joe Biden wearing a swastika. Yeah, you have. As, what's his name, Hitler. Are you not a First Amendment absolutist? In his full Hitler suit. Um, No, I'm not a First Amendment absolutist. No, absolutely not. But I don't have to be, and to 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 respect the to respect the the First Amendment, I don't have to be an absolutist about it. I think there are things that are are illegal to say. If I were an absolutist, I would have to say no. You're you're allowed to say these illegal things, and uh, you know I may I don't know the First Amendment probably doesn't even uh, well it says free speech says free speech that would entail all illegal speech as well right so no i i don't consider maybe i am i don't consider myself an absolutist i consider myself a free speech advocate absolutely 
for sure. And I think that uh, that professing your undying love for the Nazi party falls under the First Amendment protections. He's allowed to do yeah, that. Yeah, yes, what well, I absolutely believe that. As distasteful and as horrific as it is, and I, th I think, obviously, mental issues, but I think he was doing it for the shock value. I think he's and, yeah, and like you said, I think that's part of the yeah the disordered thinking. He is an absolute crisis right now, right? And I think nobody is helping him, and it's amplifying the whatever disordered thinking he's having is being amplified by the people around him and the things that are happening around him. And like I said, I you know we have seen mental disorder in him before whichever Kardashian he was hooked up with, um, has spoken about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, now all of a sudden it's okay to ignore all that and to, you know, well now, now they have to defeat Donald Trump again. Flagpole. Yeah. They have to defeat Donald Trump again. And part of defeating Donald Trump is by, uh, tying, his uh, only his of of his two black friends, as Larry O'Donnell put it, right? As uh, yeah, as Larry O'Donnell put it, Kanye's Donald Trump's second black friend, and happens to be a Nazi sympathizer. Therefore, Donald Trump must be a Nazi sympathizer. Therefore, MAGA Republicans are Nazi sympathizers. Therefore, the entire Republican Party are Nazi sympathizers. That's the line of logic they're going to use for the next two years. This is going to be, there are good folks on both sides over right. and over, because as far as I can tell, President Trump has not come out and denounced this yet. And he has to. And there, and it, it has to be unequivocal. Go on. I, I don't even know. I don't know that the last thing that I heard Trump say was his comment about um, that since all of this has come out, that the um, the election should be overturned and that, you know, the Constitution, the constitutionality should be set aside, um, like denouncing the Constitution and so I think he just, I think Donald Trump needs a break too. I think they all need to just take a little time out, sit down. I agree. Take a little break, take I, a breath. I agree. Eat some graham crackers. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Maybe have some people write them some speeches. But if Donald Trump wants to represent the Republican Party and wants to run for president, he's got to come out and denounce. Now he has to come out and denounce Kanye West. He has to, because right. it will be weaponized against him, just like Charlotte was, just like there are fine people on both sides. The media completely manipulated that to make Donald right. Trump look like a, a white nationalist extremist. He, it, It's an unfortunate reality that he had Kanye West for dinner. They got into a fight and Kanye stormed off, apparently, and Trump got pissed off with Kanye because Kanye was talking to him about running for, for about Kanye running for president. Again. And Trump got pissed off about it, but the media aren't going to report that. All the media are going to report is what Lawrence O'Donnell said. Donald Trump had famed white supremacist Kanye West his second black friend over to the White House where, I don't know, they probably discussed concentration camps and final the final solution. 
Because that's what the media will that's what the media will do, Danielle. They will grow this story out of control, just like they did. There are both good people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides. Yeah, there are very fine people on both sides. So these that's part one of the Twitter files. We're gonna keep an eye on it. Just a wholesale systemic violation of US law, the First Amendment, violating our civil rights, left, right, and center. And the Democrats' answer is to double down. We need to do it more because the more we do it, it'll become second nature. It'll become the the norm and people will stop questioning it and it will stop being a story. Think about that. Fucking think about that. Sometime soon, this isn't going to matter. If Democrats get their way, if we keep going the way we're going, this will no longer matter. And then we are well fucked. Yeah, 100%. We are well fucked. Yes, I'm not a, Canada. I'm not a Elon Musk fanboy. But good on him for doing this. Shame on him for banning Kanye. For what Kanye did, it, was, it wasn't it was illegal. What Kanye did was not against the law. The only reason I can see for banning anyone from that platform is if they do something that violates the law. Elon Musk, in my opinion, just violated Kanye West's civil rights by banning him for posting a picture of a swastika. I want to know who the Nazis are. I want them out in the open. I need to see their faces so I know who to avoid. Don't drive them into the fucking shadows. The most dangerous, the most dangerous thing we could do was drive them into the shadows. Put a face to these people. Name them and shame them. Yes. That's, that's how you deal with them. You don't deal with them by violating their civil rights. Elon, that's step one towards Elon's censorship files. And in 10 years, we'll be reading those. You wait and see. Hey, I know we're way over time. Well, we'll talk about it off here. Um, We got got to go. We do have to go. Anything else? All right, then. Y'all, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here on Thursday. Thanks, guys. Love you.